Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I'm headed on a trip to Aruba, so I had to go on a huge shopping spree for all new summer clothes, so I know that's exactly how I would use the money I got from Earn In. So make Earn In a part of your financial routine and join Earn In's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earn In, I think about financial stability, security, it gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in For The Girls under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. For The Girls under podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. A few years ago, I got the idea that I wanted my own brand for women to sell women's clothing and lingerie, but I had no idea where to get started. But then I found Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. One of the biggest obstacles for a first-time shop owner like me is having no e-commerce experience, but Shopify simplified everything so much that the site has become the least of my worries. From the graphic design aspect to making customer service super easy on my end, there's nothing you can't do. They give you everything you need to take control of your business, even as a beginner. Sign up now for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash for the girls, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash for the girls now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash for the girls. Settling is not an option for Everything me. I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? <laughs> because every day is for the girls. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of For the Girls. I'm your host, Victoria Alario, and today we're talking about 29 lessons I've learned because I'm officially 29. And we're going to start off strong right away with a hot take. We are not wasting any time. We're going to kick it off with what might be an unpopular opinion. Everyone's always talking about social media is fake. Social media is fake. And I want to say for my first lesson, that saying social media is fake is such a bad mentality. It is a terrible mentality to have. It's a victim mentality. It's a what about me mentality. It's just you trying to make yourself feel better by assuming other people don't have it as good as they make it seem by putting other people down. You're telling yourself social media is fake to feel better about yourself. Why do you assume when someone's posting their success online, oh, well, they're not actually happy. You know, they're successful, but money isn't everything. Trust me, they're not actually happy. Or people say that about couples too. When couples post each other a lot, they're like, oh, you know what that means. If couples post each other a lot, they don't actually have a good relationship. 
Why can't people be successful and happy? Why can't a couple love to pose each other and be happy and be thriving? Why do you need to feel better about yourself by assuming everyone else is fake and everything you see online is not real? That whole saying is simply there to justify a lack or scarcity. It's to justify a lack of belief in yourself, a lack of what's possible for you, a lack of abundance in your life. You feel like maybe you don't got it like that. You don't have things going for you in certain ways. So it's probably not likely or not possible that other people really got it like that too, that people really got it going on for them like that. So what you see online is just a highlight reel. It's not the real thing. They're not going to show you the truth. But guess what? Some people actually do have it all. Some people do have the money, the success, the healthy relationship, the love, the happiness, and they're good behind closed doors. They don't need to be talked about saying, yeah, but you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. No, they actually do have it good. Second, speaking about scarcity or lack, I want to talk about rushing. I think the idea of rushing and running out of time for something mostly stems from anxiety or a scarcity mindset, or a lack of trust that it will happen. Rushing like your life's timeline, rushing to get things done, feeling like there's not enough time to get things done. I mean, look at me, I'm 29. I can't even fathom that I am 29, but I just turned 29. And the fact that I'm unmarried and not a mother yet is like, that was like my biggest nightmare in life. I I think every girl kind of had the same life's plan and timeline, but I used to be dead set on the fact that I was going to graduate college, be, you know, 21, 22 years old, whatever age you are at that time, then get into the relationship and then get engaged at 24, then get married at 25, then start having kids at 26 and be done having all my kids by 30. I'll pop them out one year after the next. And there you go. You got three, four kids by 30 years old. You're all set. That was my life's plan. And this was like my life's nightmare. This is like way off course. And as the years, you know, kept going and as it remained my plan still, like, you know, even up until a year, two years ago, like I was constantly stressing about that fact, like to not be married yet, to not have kids yet. And I think that that rushing or feeling like you're running out of time, there's nothing abundant about that feeling. That feeling simply comes from the fact that I don't trust this is going to happen for me. I'm totally afraid that I'm going to run out of time. There's a scarcity around men at that point. There's a scarcity around the chance or opportunity to get pregnant at that point. Th- that anxiety really comes from all of that. You know what I always say, patience is the trust that it will happen. I think I have a whole episode around around that saying, but patience is the trust that it will happen. So if you're rushing, then that would go to say it's the opposite. You're lacking the patience, so you're lacking the trust that it will happen. Now, as I am 29 and I am in a happy, healthy relationship that I believe is going in that direction, I don't have that feeling as much because now I see, oh, it will happen. It's almost like sometimes you just need the proof to show you that there's not a lack of men. There's not a lack of opportunity for happy and healthy relationship. There is an abundance of love out there at any age, not even to say that late 20s is old because it's certainly not. Some people don't meet their person until their 40s, 
50s. Shit, I just watched The Golden Bachelor. They were in their 70s. So, you know, some people do wait for a little bit longer and later in life. And we act like we're dying by the time that we get to 30 years old. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. The point is, is that you can still find the happy, healthy relationship later in your 20s and start later than you anticipated you would when you were in freaking high school and college making your life plan. And that applies to any area in life, not only with that, not only with the marriage and kids, but just in general, that feeling of running out of time or rushing, that's just anxiety. It's not actually the truth. Lesson number three, trusting yourself and making mistakes and learning from those mistakes, learning the lessons you needed to learn is so much better than asking anyone for advice. Now, this is a big one because I think asking other people's opinion and asking for advice has become so normalized to the point where people aren't even speaking from the heart. They're asking their friends what to say. What should I write back? What should I say? What should I text him? Is this good? Is this too much? Like that's the norm these days. And me, I mean, I'm a coach, right? So I practically give advice for a living. I practically get paid to do that. However, that's not what I do. When my clients come to me, I help them, you know, in the general sense on these topics, I give them the mindset tools and advice, and then they take those tools and they apply it into their everyday situations. So now when I have a client who does ask specifically, like, can you help me put this message together? Or what should I do about this situation? My question is always, well, what do you want to say? Or, well, what do you want to do? And then based on what they want to say or what they want to do, then I help them to construct something that comes from their own heart, not from mine, not from my mouth. And the reason why people are always asking other people what to say and what to do and relying on friends for advice or whoever for advice is because they're trying to avoid making mistakes. They're trying to avoid making the wrong decision. But no matter what, you're not going to make the wrong decision. You can't make the wrong decision. Even if it feels like the wrong decision, it's clearly the right one because it's what was meant to happen. So if a certain thing was meant to happen, then you wouldn't be able to make the wrong choice. So maybe you say yes to something that down the line you wish you said no to. Or maybe you say no to something that down the line you wish you said yes to. None of that matters because it's all there to just serve as a lesson rather than to be the thing that was meant to happen for you. So that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly okay. Some things in life are just meant to be mistakes that we learn from and not meant to be a permanent part of our lives. Lesson number four, one-sided friendships are not worth keeping. I don't care how long the history is. If you feel like you're the one putting in the effort, you're the one who values this friendship a certain way and they don't value it the same way you do, cut it off. Let that friendship go. In adulthood, I think friendships in general can be exhausting. If you're trying to like make plans and keep up with your, you know, work and your love life and all these things and you want to also make sure that you're making time for your friends, that in itself is already exhausting. So now if on top of that, you feel like, why am I even trying to like be close with this person or why am I even trying to make plans with this person? Why am I even putting energy into this? They don't even give a fuck. I probably wouldn't even talk to them or see them if it weren't for me making that effort in the first place. If that's 
where you feel like you're at in a friendship or if they show their true colors and they show that your friendship is just not that important to them, then that's all you need to know. That's all you need to see in order to know that. It doesn't matter how long this person has been in your life. If it's one-sided, it's not worth your energy. Number five, host more dinners or even lunch or brunch, whatever it might be. Host having guests over your place more often. It is so much fun. And then you could actually be in control of seeing people more. This is kind of like similar to like the friend thing. How I was saying it's kind of exhausted to make plans sometimes. If you feel like no one ever goes out, no one ever does anything. Like I want to see my friends. I want to get together, but there's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go. I don't know. Everything is boring. Host more. Have your friends over. You could either order food or make food. I love hosting and cooking. That's like a big thing for me. I love making my crispy rice. I love making my pasta with sauce or some octopus. I actually had my family over for like a brunch the other day and I went to the deli and I got like a bunch of bagels and lox bread and cream cheese stuff. Like I just got a bunch of things and had them come over to have a little bit of breakfast and whatnot. And it was so much fun. We had mimosas. I got some champagne, some orange juice. And it just goes to show you can be in control of seeing people more instead of feeling like plans need to be made. You can be the host. You can do fun things, whether it's with friends, family, whoever. Lesson number six, you can buy yourself flowers. Miley is not wrong. You can definitely buy yourself flowers. But trust me when I say it is so much nicer to receive them as an act of love, as a gift, as a surprise, and just feel romanced. Don't let yourself use your self-love as a shield or as a weapon. Your self-love should be simply there to empower you, to make you be the best version of yourself, to make you feel unstoppable and be unapologetically you and to own who you are and to love who you are and to cherish yourself and care about yourself and boost your self-esteem. All of that, all of those reasons, not to be used as a guard from opening up your heart, not to make you have these walls up And to use it, like I said, as a a shield or a weapon because, yeah, I could buy them for myself. I don't need anybody. I don't need anything. And don't get me wrong. I'm one of Miley's biggest fans, okay? I love the song Flowers. This is not a dig at the song. I love the song. I'm always singing the song. I'm always dancing to the song. I'm so glad that Miley just won her first Grammy with that song. But sometimes in life, aside from Miley's song, just us women in general in life, sometimes we take a bad experience and then we make it like bottle us up and turn ourselves away from love and relationships altogether. And then it makes us start to get this negative mindset about certain things like flowers and whatnot. Like I saw a TikTok video the other day of a girl saying like, I don't know what what the whole point of the video was, but it was her basically saying like, when you see people online having their boyfriend make like grand gestures for, for them or like getting them flowers and whatnot doesn't mean anything, doesn't mean bl- whatever she was trying to say. And I'm like, what is this? Like a coping mechanism, a defense mechanism? Like why can't you just let girls enjoy being romanced? Why can't you just let relationships be happy the way that they are with men who make effort doing certain things? Why do we need to minimize it? Why do we need to take it away? Why does it need to become this whole like, love yourself enough thing like yes you can absolutely love yourself enough you could have the most self-love in the world and still appreciate 
you know, having an open heart and love from other people. Number seven, intent outweighs outcome. For me, everything is about the principle. It doesn't matter what the outcome was. It matters what you tried to do. And my favorite example of this on the extreme end is like attempted murder. Now, like I said, extreme end, okay? This is not something that I've experienced in my life. So I'm not talking about my own situation. But point being, a convicted murderer, somebody who actually killed somebody, and a convicted attempted murderer, somebody who tried to kill somebody, have two different sentences. And when I've like argued that point or tried to understand that, they're like, well, because one person actually killed somebody and one person didn't. And I'm like, yeah, but the person who didn't try to, they just happened to fail at it. Like the intent was to kill somebody. I don't care about the outcome. If the outcome worked in their favor, they would have killed somebody. So I believe an attempted murderer should have the same life sentence with no parole the way that a convicted murderer, somebody who killed somebody, would get. Isn't that the whole point? It's about the principle. Another example A girl reaches out to you and lets you know, hey, your man is in my DMs. Hey, your man is trying to hit on me, blah, blah, blah. So your man tried to cheat on you. He tried to hook up with somebody else. He tried to talk to somebody else. However, he got rejected. The girl came and told you. So you don't break up with him because he technically didn't cheat. But if it worked out in his favor, he would have right? Like the whole point was that he was messaging another girl and his intent was to talk to her or to sleep with her or whatever the case might be. He just didn't get the desired outcome that he wanted, but that's not on him. That's on her. She's the one who rejected him. So he should not be getting grace. You should be leaving him because he did attempt to cheat on you. That was the principle. There's so many different situations and scenarios that this can be plugged into. But my point is, if you feel hurt by someone's intentions and by what somebody attempted to do, you are completely valid. Don't let anybody gaslight you into thinking like, well, it didn't happen, right? That's not what happened. So who cares? Like, oh, whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. It didn't happen that way. Yeah, but the point is, your intention was for it to happen that way. So that's why I'm hurt. I don't care about the outcome. I care about the bigger picture. For me, that's what it's all about. Everything is about the bigger picture. Everything is about the principle. If it would have worked out in your favor, it would have happened that way. So don't tell me not to care because just because of the chance that it didn't work out that way. I care about your intentions. Lesson number eight, know when to quit. I have an episode about this as well, knowing when to quit, I think it's called. It is okay to change your mind. It is okay to change your feelings. It happens. You can be so set on something and then as you're in the process of doing it, you fall out of love with it. You don't enjoy it anymore. You're like, I don't know. I just don't feel like this is right. I don't feel like this is what I want to do. It's okay. Know when to quit something. That job, that business, that relationship, that friendship, if it doesn't feel right, it isn't right. You do not need to force yourself to continue something just because at one point it was what you wanted. You're not doing anything wrong. You're just consistently following your heart. You followed your heart when you started and now you're following your heart when you're ending it. It's even like reading a book. There's been so many books that I did not finish and I think in the past when I really started reading, I would read books that I did not enjoy Because I just felt like if I started it, I had to finish. 
I felt like guilty, I guess, about finishing the book. I felt like it would be a bad thing if I didn't go through with it to the end. But now my mindset is I'm not going to force finish a book. I'm not going to force read a book. If I am not enjoying it, I don't even care how it ends. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to continue reading something that I feel like is wasting my time and just taking energy from me that I really can't afford to waste. Let this be your sign. If there's been something weighing on you that you just feel disconnected to, that you just don't want to continue with, let me be the one to give you the validation that you needed. It's okay to give up when your heart is just no longer in something. Next up, we're at number nine. Squeezing into clothes that don't fit you and being uncomfortable is the worst feeling in the world. And trust me when I say, buying new clothes or wearing clothes that fit your body and being comfortable will always, always put you in a better mood when you are getting ready, when you are going out. There's nothing worse than trying to put on an outfit to go out and things don't fit you right, things don't look good on you, you feel uncomfortable, you're trying to fit into something that you got three years ago and your body doesn't just isn't the same, so now you're like stressing out. Get new clothes. Be comfortable. Being comfortable is the best possible way to go out it will always keep you in a good mood there is nothing worse than ruining your mood over clothes remember that the goal is always for the clothes to fit your body not for your body to fit the clothes for me I'm currently in an awkward stage right now where I gained weight and I'm not taking the necessary steps to lose that weight that I did gain it's not even so much about the aesthetics it's also just in general about how I feel like I felt so much better I don't feel great now from gaining the weight and also yes I do care about the aesthetics I I do believe that if you look good you feel good and just generally feel much better when you're when you feel better about the way that you look I'm not afraid to say that like yes I absolutely do care about the way that my body looks but most importantly how I feel and so for me yes I'm in that awkward stage of like I don't want to necessarily get rid of my nice beautiful expensive clothes that do not fit me anymore but in the meantime I'm also buying new things because oh my god please forget it leather pants leather leggings jeans like those are my nightmare right now because those are the certain clothes that just just don't have like any stretch to it I'm still good with like my sweaters and comfy stuff obviously but when it comes to the pants Every time trying on a pair of pants, it doesn't fit. I'm like, okay, I need a new pair of jeans. So I got a few new pairs of jeans. I I knew I needed a new like dress pants. So I got a few new pairs of nice dress pants. My point is I could go ahead and squeeze into those clothes and feel like a stuffed sausage and hang over and just feel awful about myself. Or I could take matters into my own hands and say, no, the goal is not for me to close this button the goal is not for me to get into these pants right now the goal is for me to feel comfortable and to fit my body so I need to get clothes that fit me and I know when I do take the necessary steps I will be back there and I will feel better and I will fit better but until that day comes I need to prioritize my sanity (laughs) this show is sponsored by BetterHelp We all carry around the weight of different stressors in life and no matter how big or small, when we keep them bottled up, it could start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's not just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can even be there to just empower you to be the best version of yourself or to also help you practice setting and enforcing boundaries too. So if you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. 
It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can even switch therapists if need be at any time for no additional charge. Therapy has never been made so easy before. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash for the girls today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash for the girls. We're all girls here, so I think it's safe to say we all agree that we mostly look forward to going home every day simply so we could take our bras off. We wear bras because we have to, not because we want to. But today's sponsor, Honey Love, just might be the thing that changes that for you. Say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that make you sweat. Honey Love has started a revolution of bras you actually want to wear. Their bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire altogether without sacrificing lift. Plus, they're made with fabric that's so soft, it'll feel like a second skin and you'll forget you're even wearing it. For a limited time, only you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash for the girls. Support my show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash for the girls. I personally started wearing Honey Love over the summer and was in shock of how comfortable I felt in their bra and shapewear. I'm a huge shapewear girly, especially for special occasions like a wedding to wear under a dress. And sometimes they're just so uncomfortable, too tight. They roll down, they roll up and end up becoming more of a burden than anything else. But I felt so confident wearing Honey Love. It was a totally new experience for me. And now I swear by them. So treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash for the girls. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash for the girls. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support my show and tell them I sent you. Treat yourself to Honey Love because you deserve it. And speaking of comfort, lesson number 10 is on the same wave. It is to not feel obligated to wear heels. I think this is such a big one that I've learned as I've gotten older because there are so many nights where I put myself through hell because I felt like I needed to wear the highest heels in order to look good. But I've invested in ballet flats, kitten heels, more comfortable boots, chunkier heels, like different things that I'm like, oh, finally, I can take a breath. I can go out and be comfortable. I do not have to go out and suffer And honestly, I could also look just as good in a complete flat. Like I said, I got some ballet flats. Certain outfits, yes, I do feel like I need a little bit of a heel. But there are definitely times where I have gone to dinner completely flat-footed, not in heels, whereas in the past, I felt absolutely obligated to do so. And let me be the one to tell you, you do not have to. Try it once, try it twice. Get comfortable doing it. Get confident going out in flats. It may not sound like something you want to do and it may not sound like something that you would ever feel comfortable doing, but until you won't know until you do it. So put yourself in that position a few times, go out wearing really low shoes and see how much better you feel throughout the night. And then you're going to get so like, you're just going to feel so good about it that you're just going to want to continue doing it. Number 11, impulse or unnecessary spending will probably lead to regret 100% of the time. You will only ever end up looking at that thing, sitting in your drawer, sitting in your closet, sitting in your apartment, sitting in the box and say, why did I buy that? That was such a waste of money. 
truly you only ever end up saying like I wish I didn't waste my money I, I wish I didn't buy that thing if it feels unnecessary if it feels impulsive give yourself a few days to think about it or even a few weeks or a couple months if you still want it in a couple weeks or a couple months if you still want it even after one week okay go for it but if you feel like you mainly just want it in the moment and you're like no no no, oh my god this is so cool somebody had it blah 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 wait on it think about it look into it a little bit more before you go ahead and waste your money spending the money on something high quality that feels like okay this is an investment piece this is something that's going to actually like i'm gonna get a lot of bang for my buck with this i'm gonna get a lot of use out of this it's going to make my life easier whatever the case might be that's a completely different story but if it's something gimmicky something that you just happen to see online something that somebody used that you're like oh that's so cool whatever take my word for it as the queen of you know buying those things spending my money on those simple little things wait think about it wait and then decide next up number 12 only date a man that makes your life easier if he does not make your life easier do not even consider him that should be a really big thing like really top on your list of what you're looking for in a partner in the men that you're dating Do not even waste your time with somebody who makes things more difficult for you, who brings you stress, who takes away from your life. You should only ever be with someone or even consider being with somebody who adds to your life. If he's not a problem solver, if he's not solution oriented, if he's a complainer, do yourself a favor. Don't bother. Wait for the guy who alleviates your stress offers to help, offers to take certain things off your plate. Trust me, it is worth the wait. Lesson number 13. Find the right skincare brand for you. The true high quality skincare brand that is actually healing your skin and making the changes that you need to make in your skin. And then stick to two to three products in the morning, two to three products at night. At maximum, Four products can be in your routine, but trust me when I say you need a good cleanser, a good serum, and a good moisturizer, and that should be it. I used to be one of those people who thought having six plus steps was necessary. You need to have this, 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 bup, 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 bup. You don't. If you could commit to one brand that actually makes a difference in your skin, you are not going to need all that. Your, Your morning and nighttime routine could even potentially be the same routine. But in the case that it's not, it still doesn't need to be more than three to four steps. Again, four is the max. Yes, you're going to need a cleanser every time and you're going to need a moisturizer every time. The things in between might be a little bit different between morning and night. But either way, you're not going to need a ton of steps. And if you're not seeing the desired change right now, one of those reasons very much might be the fact that you're using too many different brands and you're not committing to one. Committing to one was the best thing that I did for my face And now sometimes I dabble with a couple different things. Like my main one is DMK, but I also love Kiehl's moisturizer and Kiehl's eye cream, but that's about it. I won't use like other brands serums, other brands cleansers. I just stick to my one. Lesson number 14, stop limiting your growth. Stop staying in a box. Sometimes we put ourselves in these boxes because we don't want to be too much. We don't want to do too much. We don't want to, you know, hurt other people or affect or bother other people. No. Think about life as if there is no box. 
You know, when people say like live outside the box, don't even live outside the box. Just pretend that the box doesn't even exist. The box isn't even there. You are just a free flowing, fluid human being that you can just do what you want, how you want it, and when you want. Even with social media, people stick themselves into a niche. And that's something that I've been trying to make sure that I get out of as well because I kind of did that not on purpose. It was like accidentally with TikTok how I really was like talking so much about dating and whatnot when I was single that I kind of put myself in that hole and... Now I try to like get myself out by like making cooking videos and doing other sorts of lifestyle content because I want to be able to grow. I don't want to be limited. I don't want to be stuck in this box, whether that's, you know, in real life, you know, in the outside world or in the social media world. I do not want to be limited to a niche because that's what certain people want to hear. I want to be able to talk about all the things that I love and enjoy. I want to be able to showcase Whatever it is that I'm in the mood to showcase, whatever I feel like. It doesn't matter who you are or who people think that you are. The expectations that people put on you to be that person. It matters who you want to be. So I know a lot of women who are moms really struggle with that. Like, oh, I'm just a mom. No, you're you before you're a mom. You're a human before you're a mom. So you need to take care of you first. You need to be, you know, open to growing and to be open to having like, parts of you that still remain aside from just motherhood. There's so much more to you as a human being. Number 15, stop explaining yourself. This was a really big thing that I struggled with a lot. Over explaining, always wanted to make sure like my entire point was across and clear. And honestly, it's not necessary. Most of the time people don't care. Almost 100% of the time people don't need to hear it. It's really coming from your own anxiety, maybe even your own limiting beliefs, your own beliefs or negative beliefs rather that like they don't understand you. You need to make sure that you make yourself clear. You need to make sure that you make yourself known. Like I said, they don't need to hear what you're saying. Quite frankly, they probably don't care. Anyone who knows you well enough, anyone who knows your heart will know what you meant And if you feel like there's certain people in your life where you constantly have to explain yourself to, then those people just simply don't understand you. They don't speak the same language as you. They don't understand your morals, your values, your intentions, your goals. They don't understand your mindset. So you and those people just are not on the same page. And it's not to say that you can't be friends. You can. You don't have to think the same way or feel the same way as everybody else. But you also don't have to go ahead and constantly explain yourself to those people. You just have to accept the fact that you guys don't get each other. Lesson number 16, it's only embarrassing if you're embarrassed. People do not think about us nearly as much as we think people think about us. So say that something happened or you did something where you're like, oh my God, that is the most embarrassing thing. I can't believe I did that, blah, blah, blah. It's only embarrassing because you chose it to be. It's only embarrassing because you're embarrassed. They cannot decide that that was embarrassing for you. If you're not embarrassed, then it's not embarrassing. Point blank. Think about it like that. If somebody is like, oh, that was so embarrassing. You did this and you fucked up. You failed. You fell. Whatever the case might be. If you turn around and you're like, but I'm not embarrassed. Then that's it. It's not embarrassing. People cannot decide that something is embarrassing for you. Only you are in control of that. 
It's all in our heads. It's all our own mindset. I say this about literally everything. Your perception creates your reality. So even like with certain things, oh no, that's too hard. It's only hard because you've decided that it's hard. Somebody else will be able to go ahead and get it done because somebody else will consider it to be easy. Or maybe they'll just consider it to be worth it. Maybe they'll say, yeah, it was hard, but it was so worth it. I definitely wanted that. I wanted to work for that. But for you, because you decided it's hard, that's the reality now for you. You created that reality. So think about it with getting embarrassed, getting like, you know, insecure about certain things. No one can decide for you that you're insecure or that you're embarrassed. Only you can decide that. Lesson number 17. People show you how they feel about you. They do not tell you. People treat you the way they feel about you. Maybe they do tell you, but actions speak louder than words. So you always have to trust the way that you're treated rather than what they're actually telling you. Some of us girls grew up being told, oh, he's mean to you because he likes you. If a boy is teasing you, it's because he has a crush on you. Oh, he's being mean. Oh, he's making fun of you. Yeah, that's just because he really likes you. So he's shy. He's embarrassed, blah, blah, blah. No. Let's not be Delulu in our adulthood, okay? Do not carry that mentality with you into your 20s. Do not convince yourself, this guy is treating me like shit because he really likes me. He doesn't know what to do with it. He's scared of his feelings. Oh, he's scared of commitment. He's scared of a relationship. So, you know, no. Okay? If a guy is treating you like shit, he does not want to be with you. He does not value you. He does not care about you the way that you deserve to be cared about. If friends are excluding you, leaving you out, being insecure about you, making you feel bad about yourself. They do not value you. They do not value your friendship. You are not a priority to them. They do not care about your feelings. People show you the way they feel about you based on how they treat you. Do not fall into this whole reverse psychology trap. It's all gaslighting. It's not real. It's not reality. Sometimes we are just convincing ourselves based on that past like we were told for all those years growing up. Oh, he really likes you. That's why he's giving you a hard time. That's why he's teasing you. No, do not let that stick with you. Next up, number 18. An original is always worth more than a copy. Let that sink in, girls. There's a reason why certain creators on social media blow up and the people who try to be like them don't. Because everybody wants the original, they don't want the knockoff. Think about it with clothing. There's all this beautiful, expensive, timeless, high quality, good materials clothing. And then there's the Shein brands and the Fashion Nova brands that try to knock it off. And the quality sucks. It lasts you once or twice and then it's damaged. It's too trendy, you know, it goes right in the garbage after it's, you know, in style, then it's not in style. Whatever the case might be, it's like the dupe, that's a big word, the dupe, okay? There's a reason why the dupe is $10 and the original is $500, because an original is always worth more than a copy. There's a reason why that big creator has 10 million followers and the people trying to copy them have 50,000 followers because an original is always worth more than a copy. You will always be more successful being your most authentic original self because nobody else is you. Being you is your superpower. Being you is your strength. It is not a weakness. Nobody on the planet can do what you do exactly how you do it because nobody is you. That is your specialty. Being you. You are an expert 
in your life. I had a client of mine wanting to get started with creating content around like mental health and mindset advice and that was her limiting belief was like, oh, but there's so many people that do it better and you know, they're obviously bigger because they have XYZ. I'm like, yeah, but you don't have to necessarily share those sort of facts the way they do. You can share based on your own experience, your own lifestyle, your own lessons that you've learned. Those people might be experts in say psychology and therapy and maybe that's their you know line of work. But you're a girl who went through certain things. You went through mindset struggles and mental health struggles and you overcame them and you're more than capable of talking about that. You are the expert in your life. They're not no matter what their certifications say. If you can just be you and own it unapologetically and authentically, that right there is worth everything. Way more than trying too hard to do things the way other people do it. Lesson number 19. Be confident in your singleness and your solitude. The more confident you are in this, in yourself, being single, being alone, the less you're going to get your time wasted. More men are going to look at you and see you're standing on business. You're a woman of your word. You know what you want. You're not willing to settle. And if they know that they are not the guy for you, if they know they can't give you what you want, they are just simply not going to waste your time. They're going to say, listen, I see you. I understand, but I'm not the guy for you. I can't give you what you need right now. And they will send you on your merry way. If they feel like you need them or you're, you really want, you know, a companion, you're kind of desperate at this point for a relationship, then of course they're going to keep you around even if they can't give you what you deeply desire because you're letting them stick around by even doing the bare minimum. He's not going to commit to you. He's not going to make serious, thoughtful plans for you. He's not going to go above and beyond for you. He's not going to go out of his way for you because you're not requiring that. Whereas if you require that, You'll have guys like I've had in the past tell me, I can't meet your standards. I just can't give you what you need. And for me, I said, thank you, you know, like for being honest, like there's just such a level of respect that comes with that. I feel like they're showing respect for me. I now respect them so much more for just being honest in that. It's much better for a guy to tell you that you're just not on the same page and what you're looking for right now than to have a guy know that you're not on the same page. But be like, you know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, you know what? Whatever. I'm willing to just hang out with her on a Friday night. Doesn't have to go anywhere. We could just quote unquote have fun. But who's having fun? You or him? Because certainly I don't think you are. I'm pretty sure that this is just fun for him. Because he's getting to reap the benefits of having you in his life without having to do any of the work for it. Men should not be competing with other men to have you. They should be competing with your solitude. Is his presence worth giving up being alone? Would you rather be in your solitude or be in this man's presence? Do you feel honored to even have access to his presence? If not, then keep it moving. Get really comfortable being single. Get really confident being single. And be really confident and comfortable in your solitude. So much so that you do not value a man just because he's giving you attention you're actually able to analyze the situation and say yeah I really see his value he really sees my value 
he meets my needs, he meets my desires, and I would much, much rather, truly from my heart, be with him than be single. I posted a TikTok kind of talking about this the other day on the other end because I was replying to like a stupid kind of hate comment, and it was a guy saying like, oh please, like, you don't need to take a girl to dinner on the first date. You could take her to Home Depot. And if she's a real one, if she's, you know, worth it, then she'll go. And I said, boy, let me tell you something. Girls do not need to be in a relationship these days. Girls are perfectly fine being single. A, a woman would much rather be single than be with a guy who asks her to go to Home Depot for a first date. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what message you're trying to put out there, but no woman in 2024 is desperate enough for a relationship that she's going to say, you know what? I need to be with this guy. He's giving me attention. He's texting me. He's calling me. So if he's asking me to go to Home Depot, then so be it. I will go to Home Depot for the first date. It's just, it's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. Women are a lot more comfortable and confident being single in 2024, especially these days, and they do not need that in their life. Lesson number 20. Meaningless sex is not worth it. Casual sex is not worth it. Especially when it's with someone who doesn't know you, doesn't know your body, doesn't know what you like, doesn't know how to satisfy you. It's quite literally pointless. It's almost always, I'm not going to say 100% of the time, but a big majority of the time, it is to please the men rather than to please the women almost always the men end up satisfied and almost never do the women end up satisfied and you're not going to be giving strangers lessons on like your needs and what you like and what you don't like you know for the first time oh like that's just it's just not really the vibe it's much better to have that type of conversation and have that sort of intimacy with someone that you know and are comfortable with and are serious with. And I also think in dating, being celibate, choosing to not go home with, you know, that guy that you just met or the first or a second date makes you so much more powerful because you're that much more confident in knowing it's 100% up to me that this is not going to happen. If you don't practice celibacy, that's totally fine. Uh, of course, no one has to do anything that they don't want to do. Everyone's entitled to doing what they choose. But if you don't practice it, and there's, it's always a little up in the air of like, will I, won't I, you're not 100% in control. You, of course, have the final say of what you choose to do. But sometimes after a few drinks, you can be swayed. You could be like, all right, what's the big deal? Let me loosen up. Whereas when you're firm in like, no, I'm 100% sure no matter what, no matter even how good the date goes, I'm just sticking to this until I'm in a serious relationship or until we're at least a little bit more committed or even just a little bit more comfortable. You don't even have to be necessarily committed, but just until you feel like it's the right time, the right person, that sort of control brings confidence like you can't even imagine because you're able to say completely like I have the power over everything here and it is a solid no for me because chances are he 100% would go home with you it's very rare that he wouldn't so he more likely than not would like to spend the night or you know to do whatever after that date but you're the one like the power's in your hands the control is up to you to be like yeah no that's just simply not going to happen And it's not to say that there's a certain timeline or a certain amount of dates. I know that people say things like 
after, you know, three months, there's always like a three month rule or after five dates, whatever it might be. I don't, I don't even believe in things like that. I don't care if it's literally the third date, as long as that's when you feel like, you know what, this could be my person. This is who I feel really comfortable with. This is who I feel really confident with. Until then, stand firm in knowing like it's not worth it. Don't do it. This may or may not lead to regret. And if it may lead to regret, it's not even worth the anxiety. It's not worth overthinking about. Don't waste your time. Just stay patient. Sex will always be there. It's not going anywhere. It's not going away. Just wait. Now let's stay on this topic for lesson 21. We're still going to talk about sex. So number 21 is that sex will never be enough to feel connected to somebody. You need emotional connection or you have nothing. If you want to really feel like a union with someone, you need to have emotional connection. That physical connection will never be enough no matter how much time you spend together. If you want that connection with someone, you need to feel understood. You need to feel heard and seen. Intimacy is not about sex. And everyone gets that confused. Oh, we were intimate just because they were naked, just because they slept together. Intimacy is not about nakedness. It is not about sex. Intimacy is about closeness and knowingness and vulnerability and soul connection. It's not about being touched physically. It's about being touched emotionally. That is the true intimacy. How vulnerable can you get with someone? If you could take all your clothes off with someone, how about in the metaphorical sense, like an analogy, whatever the right way to say, like not in the literal sense, in the metaphorical sense, can you get emotionally undressed with someone all the way? Can you get emotionally naked with someone? If you want to feel secure with someone, but you can't do that, if you can't directly communicate with that person and have a real conversation about your needs and your feelings and your mental, like all of that, but you can get into bed with them, I'm sorry, but that still will not make you feel safe with that person. Sex will not make you feel emotionally safe with someone. You can do all the things and then still go home feeling unfulfilled and distant. No matter how close in proximity you were to someone, you can feel very different if you don't feel close emotionally to them. You could be skin to skin, but yet, worlds apart. Lesson number 22. Don't be embarrassed to be excited about things no matter what it might be. Don't be embarrassed to feel excitement, to have butterflies, to have those little jitters. I made a video last week or so when I, on February 1st when I was going on my first, well when I was going on my one year first date anniversary with my boyfriend, I had made a video talking about the year prior, so when we actually went on the first date. And I was saying in that video, I went and got my hair blown out for our first date. And I had never done that before. I had never said, let me go to the hair salon, spend a hundred bucks on a blowout, because trust me, it was literally like $80 and I gave her a $20 tip. I'm like, oh my God, I just spent a hundred dollars getting my freaking hair blown out. And I'm also just not the type of person to regularly go for a blowout Anyway, I do have a few friends that go every week and just get their hair blown out. I've never been that kind of girl. 
and I just felt so excited and I was so looking forward to it and we were going somewhere really nice and I was like let me just like do it up let me get dressed really nice let me get my hair done so I just like look super on point I was just so looking forward to it and so excited and I feel like in the past there were definitely times where I've thought about doing things like that whether it be getting my hair done or just like getting dressed up nice. And I just felt embarrassed. I felt like, no, that's too much. I can't do too much for the first date. I can't get like dressed up really dressy. I don't want to look like overdone. I don't want to get so excited over something that might not work out. Like there were definitely all those times where even down to like the shoes I wore, I was like, ah, but are these shoes too dressy? Like you're just overthinking it because you don't want to get your hopes up. You don't want to get excited. But I think that was one of the biggest things about like dating my boyfriend is that like from day one I was always so excited and I was so shameless about how excited I was I was telling him like I'm so looking forward to it I can't wait to meet you I can't wait to see you again like I was just truly like vulnerable like shamelessly like I just said excited about it and I did not care if that was like the wrong thing to do like oh don't show all your cards don't say everything like No, I just like put it all out there. We were very much from the beginning telling each other like, cannot wait to see you again. I actually remember the day of our first date when he texted me in the morning. He said like, I can't wait for tonight. I'm so looking forward to it. And I just thought that was such a nice gesture from a man because I feel like they always try to play it so cool. And I know that might sound so trivial, so minor, so bare minimum because realistically it is like it's very bare minimum to tell the girl that you're taking on a date that you can't wait to see her and that you're looking forward to it however it's not really common like guys are just so like nonchalant about things and I feel like because he was expressive like that because he was verbally telling me that he couldn't wait I got really excited and that's why like I felt comfortable and okay with like going all out and look I mean it worked and now yes I do reflect and I think about all the times where I just felt so embarrassed to be excited because I felt like every time I get my hopes up things don't work out let me not do that but I was willing to get my heart broken and I think that's the only way to really fall in love is to be that vulnerable so that you know like this could end up badly but whatever I'm gonna wear my heart on my sleeve anyway and what is the saying? Let the chips fall as they may. Let the leaves fall as they may. Let something, just let it all play out the way it's supposed to. Lesson number 23 is something that I am freaking passionate about as a girl, as a woman who really values her sleep. I love a good nap. I love a full eight hours of sleep. I am just big on sleep. This lesson is that women need more sleep than men and I loved when I found this out and I love to use it in my favor I love to take advantage of knowing this information and it is just so important and it's also just super true women need more sleep than men our brains work differently first of all women are like going a mile a minute we're multitaskers we're always doing a million things at once imagine our brain being like the internet or like safari and having 10 different tabs open at once that's how women's brains work while men are very simple creatures we are much more complex we overthink everything we think about the same thing five bajillion times men are very simple they see things in black and white they're a lot more nonchalant like I was just saying 
And they don't exhaust themselves necessarily the same way that women do. So our brains, for starters, work differently as well as our bodies, our hormones, all the different things that go on in a woman's body. I mean, from getting our period to just all the different things that we go through, we, again, exhaust ourselves more than men do. It's for the same reasons even, too, that women... Like, it's harder for women to lose weight than men. It's just the way that our bodies work. Women tend to store more fat compared to men, which is why women don't lose weight as quickly and as easily as men do. And that also has a big thing to do with sleep because it's vital for women to maintain, you know, that healthy amount of sleep to make it healthier, you know, just like a healthier lifestyle. Like you should be having a full eight hours of sleep as a woman. So that is my thing. Whenever anyone makes any comments, especially any men talking about, oh my God, how are you always napping? Oh, you're love, you love to sleep, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, first of all, women need more sleep than men. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, like that's my thing now, okay? Now let's go on to lesson number 24. Everyone knows the saying, you're not gonna be everyone's cup of tea. Or I'm not everyone's cup of tea. What, however that saying goes. But let's give a little bit more context to that. You're not going to be everyone's cup of tea simply because we all have our own perspectives and beliefs. That is why. Not because you do too much or too little or not enough. Not because you're right or wrong. But simply because every single person has their own way of thinking, feeling, believing and their own way of seeing things everyone interprets things differently so for me I'm someone who I've coached thousands of women I've had thousands of women on business calls with me coaching calls with me and on social media I've been followed and viewed just videos and you know social media accounts and whatnot by hundreds of thousands of people online and I see how polarizing I am as someone who you know I have my strong beliefs and opinions so I see how my words and opinions get viewed on both ends of the spectrum what one person finds inspiring and motivating someone else finds abrasive and offensive and it's the same video that they're watching or the same call that they both sat on but one person leaves the call feeling like that was amazing that was everything I needed to hear I love that I value that I agree with that and somebody else leaves a call being like well who the fuck does this girl think she is what is she talking about I don't agree at all blah 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 everyone understands things in their own way regardless of your intention regardless of what you really mean so that is why you can't overthink everything that's why you can't care too much or worry too much about what people say that's why you can't sit around limiting yourself to what you think other people will want because if someone doesn't understand you or align with you it's just that you both have different perspectives on life on the world, on your opinions, you just have different beliefs. You just simply can't overthink about or worry and care about what people are going to say because at the end of the day, not everyone will understand you and that's just a fact. So you cannot spend your life over explaining yourself or translating your soul because that's what it comes down to. The things that we say and do, these are actions from the soul that we take. So if someone doesn't understand you, You cannot spend your entire life translating how your soul works. You just simply have to understand that you're going to resonate with other people that you have more of a soul connection with. 
And that's that. For the rest, you're just simply not going to be their cup of tea. Lesson number 25. Your best is going to look different daily. You might be a perfectionist and you might have the mindset of always having to give your best and do your best, but you have to think about your best as a spectrum, okay? Your best will go from 0% to 100%. Your best on one day may be the ability to give 100%. And your best on another day may be your ability to give 50 And on another day where you're really down and really struggling, your best may look like giving literally 10% at the most, at the maximum, between getting your period, (laughs) trying to maintain that healthy sleep like I just talked about, maybe having a lack of sleep, not getting enough sleep as a woman, between that, focusing on your mental health and just trying to feel okay, and between those days where you're just trying to catch up on some me time and you just want to relax and decompress and just, you know, be, just simply be, sometimes that's all you can do. Sometimes your best isn't going to look like the best that you had on a day where you had all the time and all the energy to go all out and do a little bit of everything and you got your whole to-do list done and you are feeling great and motivated and excited. That's just sometimes not the reality. Some days you might be struggling with depression and anxiety and your best is simply getting up and taking a shower. Maybe your best is cleaning your room. That might be all you can give on a certain day and you can't feel bad about that because you're caught up comparing to a day where like I said you knocked off your entire to-do list you got everything done and you were in go mode productive mode those two different days are still you giving your best but again your best is on a spectrum and so those two days just might not be aligned on the spectrum so if all you can possibly give one day is just being, just existing, then that's still you giving your best. It just might look and feel differently than other days. Number 26, this one might sound random, but I need you girls to listen to me and learn from me. Get your good clothes dry cleaned. I, in the past year, shrunk so much shit. I got a lot of nicer clothes this year. I think that's what a lot of it has to do with. A lot more cashmere and wool and just different blends of material that is not polyester and they freaking shrink oh my god the amount of stupid things that I put in the wash I literally have given my boyfriend's niece who is 11 years old a bag of clothes hand-me-downs one of which was a $350 sweater that was 100% wool and I put it in the wash And I might have also put it in the dryer. I can't remember. But all I know is that when I took it out of whether it was the wash or the dryer, it looked like it was for a fucking American Girl doll. And guess what? When that happens, there is nothing you can do about it. Nothing to be done. It is ruined. Gone. Kaput. Okay? So please take it from me. If you are getting nicer clothes, timeless, high quality staples, Get them freaking dry cleaned. Don't even bother trying to take care of it yourself. I cannot lie. I bought so many duplicates of things because they're items I really wanted. And now I had to spend double the money on it. I'm currently going through this with the Banana Republic sweater that I got, which is another wool and cashmere blend sweater. 
I did not even put this one in the dryer. So that's what's annoying is that it just shrunk from the wash, which I did not think was going to happen. But yes, it happened. And I have, this is a $120 sweater from Banana Republic that I bought around like November and it was on a 50% off sale. So I got it for $60 and they do still have the sweater, but now it's $120. So now I'm waiting for it to be on sale because I refuse to spend the full price knowing I got it for 50% off. So I'm hoping Banana Republic comes out with a sale because I do want to buy the sweater again because I absolutely love it. But yeah, it's just, it's so fucking annoying having to buy things more than once. Lesson number 27 is something that I think everyone needs to hear because it's just like a friendly reminder because I think we all tend to forget this. And it is that your parents are living for the first time too. I think that we have the mindset like because they're older and because they've been our age before, it's as if like they've lived life before when in reality, every time that they get another year older, it's the same as us. We are all like the way that we're getting a year older, they're getting the, a year older for the first time. Everything that they get excited about, they've never seen before. They've never done before. They are living life for the first time too, the exact same way that we are. And I think that perspective is so eye-opening because it's like, oh my God, you think like your parents have been here before. They've done this before a million times. When in reality, most of the things that they're doing is the first time that they're doing it because they're literally also living life for the first time. When they get excited about things, when they look forward to things, like we have to also cherish that the same way that we get excited about things and we look forward to things because they're turning to us to share certain things with us. Like, oh my God, look at what I got. Look at what I want. Look what I'm doing. I can't wait for this and that and whatever. And it's the same way that you would want your friends or whoever you're turning to when you tell them about something that you're so excited about. Same way that you would want them to celebrate your wins with you. Your parents want you to celebrate their wins with them. So it's still it should be taken just as seriously as you would want someone to take like your wins seriously. Lesson number 28. We're coming down to the wire. We're down to the last two. Number 28 is communication is not the goal. Comprehension is the goal. You can talk all day. You can have a five hour long conversation explaining yourself, putting it all out there, trying to make everything make sense. And if it doesn't make sense to that person, then none of it matters if they still can't understand or grasp or comprehend what you're saying then all of that was for nothing the goal in communicating is comprehension the goal is being understood if you're not understood then you need to figure out how to better communicate with that person so clearly the goal isn't communication at all because you can be doing exactly that and still have to make it better and still have to work on it. The goal of communicating is comprehension. The goal of communicating is being understood. That's the only way that you can get ahead. That's the only way that you can get further. The only way that you can progress. Without that, you're going to just continue, excuse me, you're going to just continue regressing, declining, going backwards, getting more and more distant. And last but not least, this one came to me as I was writing out the comprehension thing because it made me think about boundaries. So lesson number 29 is that boundaries don't make you lose friends or family. 
They simply remove people from your life that benefited from you having no boundaries. So boundaries removes manipulators, gaslighters, narcissists, users, selfish people, people with bad intentions. If you set boundaries and a best friend leaves your life, a family member leaves your life, then that title means nothing. Because a true friend or a family member who genuinely values you and loves you will respect your boundaries. And it goes back to what I was just saying about comprehension. Because when you communicate your boundaries with people, if they comprehend what you're saying, if they can understand you and see you and hear you, then of course they're going to honor your wishes and, you know, give you what you need. They're going to take that step back, whatever it is that it might look like. And they're going to want to respect you because they're going to want to be in your life. Whereas somebody else, like I said, a narcissist, a manipulator, whoever, that you try communicating your boundaries with, they're not going to comprehend. They're not going to understand you. So again, you could say all you want, but if they don't understand, then none of that matters. And that's why that person is going to get angry or mad or leave your life because that's what happens. The people who get angry with you when you set boundaries are the people who benefited from you lacking boundaries in the first place. And guess what, girls? No one is exempt from this. This could even be a parent. I've had so many clients that struggle with this with their own parents or their in-laws, whoever it might be, their siblings, the people closest to them or at least who should be the closest to them in their lives. So then when they go through these situations where they're trying to implement boundaries and this really close person or parental figure or whoever is disrespecting them, they start to second guess themselves. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm requiring too much or requesting too much. Maybe I'm the one in the wrong. But that doubt comes from them being that gaslighter, making you feel like you're doing the wrong thing, making you feel like you're living in a freaking alternate reality. When the truth is, if they were the person that you you think that they should be, then they would have no issue respecting your boundaries. So if you feel like you're in that situation right now where you're like, I don't know, could it be possible? Like, could this possibly be what I'm experiencing with my best friend, with my sister? Like, I feel like she doesn't respect my boundaries, but you know, it's my sister, so I have no choice. I have to deal with it. No, you do have a choice. No, you don't have to deal with it. And no, you're not crazy for thinking this way and feeling this way. Your feelings are valid. Your thoughts are valid. And your boundaries are absolutely valid as well. And that is all we have for today, girls. So thank you so much for listening. Until next time, girls. Hey, I'm Charlene Joint, and you may remember me from season 18 of The Bachelor, and this is my husband, Andy. Hello. Together, we host Dear Shandy, a relationship podcast where we answer all your burning relationship questions and satisfy your guilty pleasure, aka bachelor needs. Not only do we provide the best bachelor recaps in all the land. So we're told. But we even bring on your favorite couples from Bachelor Nation for live double dates. Subscribe to Dear Shandy. We guarantee belly laughs, razor sharp advice, and to never take ourselves too seriously. 